Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast. Today's topic, how to be an effective mentor, part one of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tools. In a departure from our normal planning, Mark wrote this week's show based on a strong response, his very strong response, to a recent Wall Street Journal article, Career Mentors Today Seem Short on Advice But Give a Mean Tour. Basically, the article says that mentors don't do a good job, duh, and describes some of the more pitiful efforts. We absolutely have to agree with what was in this article. The state of mentoring today is pathetic. It's pathetic at least in part because the state of management in general is pretty pathetic today. Too many companies ask mentors to do what managers ought to be doing. Coaching, guiding, giving candid feedback, providing career guidance, preparing for promotion, helping create networks of associates and resources. That's what managers do. A great manager does all of that. But we decided that rather than just rail at what exists, we'll finally deliver the second half of our pair of mentoring cast, How to Be a Mentor. Here we go. You sent me an article the other day from the yeah. Wall Street Journal about right. mentoring, and I, I got it from the tone of your note that you didn't like it. Most assuredly not, sir. Oh, polite fellow, aren't you? <laughs> uh, when I get mad, the way that article made me, I, I try to get a little formal just so that I uh, watch my uh, my language and my diction. <laughs> I said, well, let's, I, I, I sense the danger, danger, Will Robinson. Uh, Can they hear me pulling my hair out? <laughs> I mean, I'm actually have my fingers in my yeah. hair. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure I want to go down here, but um, down this path. But uh, without a soapbox, please, sir, could you give me just like one example? But of course, um, this bit of misery that came out of this particular article um, is buried in a comment that I actually agree with, but but it just it just floors me. It's these kind of underlying comments that suggest something that you and I believe is fundamentally false, but people take it for granted. And to me, that's the worst kind of thinking that people take stuff for granted that we know is wrong. Okay, so so here, here's what here's what I read. Peter Capelli, who's a who's a very smart uh, management professor over at Wharton says that bosses with increasingly more people to manage don't have time to give the kind of guidance that a new hire requires, so they assign it to someone else. Uh, I would think you would agree with that. Okay, you're right. I do. In, in the sense that it, 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 it's, a, it's a true statement in terms of the managerial behavior, right? Managers feel like they have too much to do, and so they give work. They assign, they farm stuff out to somebody else. Yeah, right? it's called delegation. Okay. Yeah, it's not all that. Yeah, right, <laughs> delegation. Yeah, I need a mentor. I'm going to delegate up, up the chain of command. But So, so in, in principle, the, 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 the statement that they assign it to someone else is, in fact, true. I've seen that happen. We've right. all seen it happen, right? Right. Okay, but listen carefully to what's saying here. Quote, bosses with increasingly more people to manage don't have time to give the kind of guidance a new hire requires. That, sir, is pure, unmitigated codswallop. Codswallop. 
Hmm. Now that that was just because that was a quote from the article. You no, read. no, that's not. I'm not so sure that they would even know what that word is. Cotswold. No, 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 no. The, the quote you just gave was from oh, the article yes. that we're referring to. And, and, and yeah, well, bosses with increasingly more people to manage don't have time to give the kind of guidance a new hire requires. Yeah, we're going to put the article on the on the the website yeah, so, okay, so folks can go right. look at look at the kind of things that just drive you absolutely crazy. Yeah. So the, yeah. the people enjoy that. <laughs> people enjoy it. So boy, he really doesn't take too much. <laughs> Okay, but about go, management though it doesn't take too much. Okay, but but go but go on. Okay, look, it's misleading in a dangerous way, in my opinion. Okay, look, we're attacking mentoring. Fine, I, I no problem with that. I got all, all kinds of issues with mentoring. And we'll talk about them. Mentoring is done terribly. Okay, we we know this. Okay, but now what Mr. Capelli or perhaps the author is doing for Mr. Capelli. Is basing the attack on a false premise. It's base. It's classic post hoc ergo propter hoc. Okay, it's just wrong. Just because managers think they don't have time to manage people doesn't mean that they actually don't have the time. Ninety-nine percent of the managers I know have all the time in the world to ha to handle all of their folks and to handle a new person or two. Look, we, we don't need to go over one-on-ones and feedback and coaching. You just need to invest a little bit, and you get a return on your investment that, wow, I could actually handle a couple more people. I, I, know, I know managers have 40 people working for them, and they can tolerate it, and they know how to manage. But look, what's worse, in my opinion, is even if they don't have the time, that doesn't mean the solution is to give the work to somebody else. That's like a CEO saying, you know what, I'm so busy doing this uh, this uh, trip here, I can't do it. In fact, in Wall Street, doesn't Gordon Gecko rail at, at the CEO of Teldar Paper? At one point he says, why is this guy Cromwell traveling around the country giving speeches when he's losing money? Yeah, he's, exactly. he's unprofitable, right? Exactly. He should, unless he's giving speeches on how to make a company unprofitable, right? So, so it, when managers say, I've got too much to do, I don't have time to do that, it, it, it it's... They probably ought to stop doing something else and make time for something that with a little bit of time on the front end will pay a huge difference, dividend on the back end. Like, like this, developing their people. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, okay. uh, maybe. Maybe. It's that's a unique idea. Well, idea. We, you know, if you we come up from, with some very, very you, unique concepts like, here. If any of you ever work for me and you have people working for you, I'm going to expect you to develop your people. And if you don't... I'm going to coach you and give you feedback, and then if you continue not to, I'm going to fire you. I'm going to, I'm going to wish you well. I'm going to remember your kids fondly. I'm going to stay in touch with you, and I will fire you. It's your job. You don't get to farm it out on somebody else just because you're too busy. Look, quite frankly, you know what they're too busy doing? Email. Yeah, there's a real leverage point for the organization, email. Look, this is like the New York Yankees asking Manchester United to coach their hitters. I'm sorry. The soccer players are great, but they're not hitting coaches. Mentors are not managers. They're both good clubs, though. Yeah, they're great. I look, you know, if I, if I had to have two clubs in the world and sporting clubs, I'd choose those two, right? They're both worth over a billion dollars. Um, but you wouldn't have footballers teaching yeah, baseball players. Yeah, it's just a lousy utilization <laughs> of talent. It's like saying, it, it is, a manager farming this out because they're too busy as if just busyness is a reason not to do something. Now, when you have a responsibility, you look and you say, where do, where do I add value? This is the fundamental thing that executives do. And, and somebody asked me the day, Mike, and I thought it was a very good point. They said this. They said, you keep talking about executives and managers, but I don't feel like I'm an executive yet. And I say, here's an important point for you to remember. I want you to reread the effective executive. I want you to think of it this way. 50 years ago, when Drucker started talking about the effective executive, the things that executives were doing are things that managers are doing now because of the fomenting, because of the gradual spread of knowledge work. 
Um, so when we talk about executives managing their time, that applies to virtually every person in the organization. But but if you want to say, okay, maybe not individual contributors because we structure their work fine. Okay, great. But surely for managers and certainly for senior managers, you you don't have to become an executive. You don't have to become a, you know an AVP, an assistant VP, or a director. Right. To engage in general, some of the executive they, behaviors that Drucker talked exactly. about. Yeah. You, and, and really, executive is a title that I think ought to have some dynamism associated with it. And the fact is that many managers that are in small and big companies today are are essentially in what Drucker would call an executive role. And the first thing executives have to do is get control of their priorities, not their time, but their priorities. And that means you don't just get to say, I'm too busy. Right. It used to be that executives were the only ones that were engaging in knowledge work, right? Exactly. Now, yes. most managers exactly. are engaging in knowledge work, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, we were talking about Google before, right? I mean, um, and people have a lot of misconceptions about Google, about, oh, it's this loose, relaxed place. Like, heck, they run their meetings like, like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it, it could feel like a death march in terms of every three minutes they're cranking over something new and you got three minutes to make your point and then you're done and they got a digital clock up there. You don't go a second over before somebody's pushing you out of the way, hooking a new laptop up to the projector and so on. And you got to have data out the wazoo in order to, to, to win people over. So, you know, when we talk about Google, people act as if, well, you know, this, this is different. No, Google knows that their people need to be effective. Um, and, Google's almost everybody at Google is a knowledge worker, right? So they've got to have that executive mindset. But I bet there's thousands of people at Google, and, and I don't mean to pick on Google. There's a lot of places where people think I'm not an executive, right? I'm an individual contributor. But that misses the point. If you're if you're someone who does knowledge work, you add value by the by, by the thought processes and the changes you create, it, which essentially are generated in your head through through your own ideation or through the confluence of other things and so on. You are essentially an executive in terms of the tools you apply to your work. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's yeah. a great point because people could could miss that. But, but there's another point I think people could uh, miss here as well because we're not saying that we don't think that mentoring is a good thing. We're not saying that. No, we don't think mentoring is bad. No, no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't mean to say that at all. We think mentoring is good. Yeah, it just stinks right now because nobody's actually doing it. It's like people say, I'm a manager. And I say, well, let's not confuse being a manager with actually doing management work. Because let me tell you something. The reason I'm coaching you is you're not doing management work. I'm coaching somebody right now. I'm attempting to coach him. I'm doing a very poor job. Who says, boy, I really appreciate you spending all this time with me. I said, it ain't about appreciation. It ain't about spending time. It's about you changing your behavior. He says, that's really where I struggle. <laughs> well, yeah, guess what? Your boss's boss's boss knows that. That's why I'm here. Well, you told me a story today at dinner about somebody who asked you oh, 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 to, oh. to coach him. Yeah. And said, in, I mean, in the same paragraph, in this conversation, yeah. said, but, but I'm not willing to change. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> they saw coaching as an exchange of ideas. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he believed his ideas were better than mine. And. God bless him. He continues to do poorly. Okay, so the point, uh, the point of yeah. the, the the point of mentoring though is is not that we think coaching uh, that mentoring is bad. No, we just think that the current the current practice of it it's is horrible. pathetic. Yeah, and, and you know what? Look, look, I mentioned Google. There's a company that a lot of young people want to go to work for. We're talking about mentoring now, which I think in a lot of people's minds, a, a younger person engaging with an older person, and I don't mean to say older as in 55 or older or something like that. I'm just saying a younger person with a more senior person, and, and you don't have to. I mean, look, you could you could have a mentor who's somebody your own age or somebody who's younger who has a great deal of depth in an area that you need. There's no there's really nothing about age, but I'm, but I'm speaking to the common perception that people have that there's a younger mentee and an older mentor, okay? Um, 
There are people out there, and that's what this article talked about. In fact, in the article, in the Wall Street Journal article uh, that was written in the Cubicle Culture uh, uh, column that's normally written by Jared Sandberg, um, said uh, we were all sitting there waiting for our mentors, and we were young people just out of college or whatever, and our mentors came trooping, traipsing in, and we all looked like kids in our parents' clothes because we were the brand, brand new people. So, so there's, a, there's, a mis- there's a perception of that, but, but here's the danger. They're getting a, a dose of mentoring, and it stinks. It's because it's not because mentoring is bad. Although, look, if you get mentored three times, and it's bad all three times, you get guess what? Intelligent people are going to draw the conclusion of mentoring is bad. Mentoring is bad. Right. Not that the practice of mentoring is bad. It's the same thing with management. Management is not bad. Good management is brilliant, and it's not hard. It's not hard, but. Mentoring works wonders if you do it right. It doesn't take but a few. We have a few recommendations here. Um, and I'm just worried. I, I, I'm worried that, as the article implies, people are, are using mentoring for the wrong reasons, doing tasks that managers should do. Or what's worse on the ment- mentee side, that they're going to walk away from it when, in fact, it could be great. And who better to say, wait a minute, to stand up and say, wait a minute, here's a technique that large organizations and small organizations can use to be effective, mentoring. Let's stop doing it the wrong way. Let's say, if so, you know, it's a bit like the effective manager, the manager tells managers saying, nope, this is as far as you guys are going. Right? Right. Let me tell you, if you do mentoring in my organization, this is how it works. Well, that's not the way everybody else does it. Yeah, well, why do you think everybody else, why do you think we're not doing it that way? Because everybody else hates mentoring. Right. So Because we, we've both been mentored before and, and had yep. it done to, with us effectively, um, and we've mentored others. So it, it, it can be done. Yes. Right. Okay, so let's, yeah. so let's share our guidance about, yeah. about mentoring. Uh, uh, I just want to make, make something clear, though. Again, I, and, and I, I'm probably beating a dead horse. We believe in mentoring. We just think the application of it is pathetic. And I say that because I love that word, pathetic. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay, you're right. Um, okay, so um, mentoring is a great idea, but it's done so poorly, how could anybody ever know that it actually is a good idea? It'd be like coming to America as a blindfolded Martian, and the first place they experience, the first place they put you is a prison. You'd probably say, you know, give me Guatemala or something or anywhere but here, not realizing the concept of America and freedom and the rest of the free world is great. But if you get a bad mentor... Yeah, you might as well be in prison, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Okay, yeah, fine. The, the analogy probably breaks down at some point there, but... Um, okay, yeah, so... I, anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, so, yeah. let's, so let's, we have our, so our, our guys we have broke, we broken down into two parts. One with some right. kind of typical introductory comments, and then we have... Seven recommendations. Right. So let's walk through those. Okay. Introductory comments we got to. First of all, we're going to reiterate what we said in the in the seeking a mentor, being mentor, mentored cast uh, from a while ago. I think it's I think it's over maybe a year or it's two. It's been ago. a while. Yeah. Um, uh, corporate programs don't work. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And also, mentoring really is all about people, which essentially is nothing more than leveraging the first comment a little bit more deeply. Then we have seven recommendations. Uh, the first one is there are three criteria we recommend for whom to mentor. In other words, when you're choosing, right, who do you mentor, uh, we have three criteria to, to we recommend. Number two, the second recommendation is you can say no. Number three is actually you should say no. We recommend it in many cases. Number four, expect and demand structure. I will tell you that of all the gems here, I, I think most people will focus on number one because it will give them a way to think about mentoring. But number four you can take an average relationship and with the right 
right structure and with a little bit of rigor, you can turn it into a great mentoring relationship. You really can. Number four happens to be my personal favorite there. And of course, and this echoes our, our earlier men- mentoring, becoming a mentee uh, uh, cast where we talk about structure that the mentee provides. Um, number five is provide feedback. And I have to tell you, you get smart people, smart managers, they're mentoring somebody and they think they're just going to be chatty or whatever. And it's not. Mm. It's supposed to be feedback. Uh, number six is expect to be challenged, interestingly enough. And we agree with that. Um, not, not to the extreme that some people take it, but in general, we think a mentor should be ready to be challenged. And number seven is expect to learn, which is a, which is a neat way to end, I think. Good. Okay. So number one in introductions, corporate programs don't work. Now, that's surprising because I, frankly, I've witnessed so many of them have worked so, so well. You Matter of fact, I had a friend of mine, it. a good friend of mine, you, you know him as well, I won't mention names, um, just, just last week was talking to me about the mentoring program that he was in. And he was just telling me, you know, it really really worked well. <laughs> uh, not so had, a meeting, had a meeting or two and then suddenly there's no more? Yeah, Is pretty much. Something like that, yeah. Pretty much. And yeah. mentoring took place in groups of uh, 20 with the... Oh, that's good, yeah. The, with the, a guy sitting with a guy or gal, executive, female, male, female, they sit in the middle of a circle, everybody afraid to ask questions. Yeah, and exactly. an HR handler there chewing them out if they, oh no, we'll cover that later, that's a private matter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not mentoring. Yeah. It's not. Okay, anyway, all right. Corporate programs do not work. We talked about this in our first cast, which, which again, we encourage people to go back and listen to. Um, if you doubt that we mean it, we're gonna, you're going to hear this again later. Corporate programs are fundamentally flawed. When it comes to mentoring, corporate programs are fundamentally flawed because they attempt to impose relationships where they cannot impose them. That's to say, most organizational relationships, when organizations create relationships, at their core, one of the inner, one of the four sources of energy in the relationship is a power difference between the two people in the relationship. And that power differential is enough to move things forward. And you know, I got into a discussion a few months ago. Actually, it was in an airport. I can't remember which airport. But I was talking to somebody who says, oh, yeah, you guys are always talking about flat organizations. They're looking and say, what are you talking about? I'm not in favor of flat organizations. You put 10 human beings in a room, within an hour, there's going to be somebody in charge. Whether it's because she beats everybody up or because he gets a vote or whatever. Human beings crave structure. We crave hierarchy. Okay? Um, you, so you flat organization folks, power is a human thing. It is not a or, an organizational thing, okay? As long as you have human beings in your organization, you're going to have power issues. Anytime, anytime you attempt to impose a relationship without acknowledging the power, it's not going to work. Mentoring programs, what they do is they suggest that the mentor and mentee should just kind of bond or get to know one another or reach across uh, new boundaries. That's the kind of things that go into the glossy PDFs that get emailed <laughs> out that nobody reads because they're too busy complaining about how much email they have, which causes them to not be able to mentor people. Yeah, you can buy those programs. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, th- look, at, corporations don't have the power to make those relationships work. Without the power that happens in most corporate relationships based on your role and the structure and verticality and so on, the relationship must have a relationship engine. In other words, a source of power that's separate from the role. But if you just smush two people together and say, you should have a relationship, there's not going to be that clicking. It's not going to be that bonding. It's a bit like being told who you're going to dance with at a junior high dance. It feels awkward. Well, that's exactly what bad mentoring Mm. relationships are like. Um, if, um, If you have a good 
mentor-mentee relationship in a corporate structure, in a corporate program, it's randomness. Um, it's just a random effect. You put 100 people together, 100 pairs together, one of them's going to turn out good. Just, you know, might as well throw darts at a board, right? And don't say that every year that a monkey throws darts at a board and they actually do better than 30% of the stockbrokers in the world. Right, right. Something like that. Yeah, same same basic thing. Um, now, look, you, you mentioned it. <laughs> Some mentoring programs are actually sold as a package by etern- external HR management mentoring, management consulting mentoring firms. They're sold. They say, look, this is what you do. You have to pay this much, pay this much per memory. We pay this management fee, and we'll help you, and we'll make sure we'll check on things, and we'll provide our special paradigm for matching people up. And, it's and, like and, the dating yeah, games. Yeah, like, and like we don't like them. They don't work. We don't like them. But, but if you want to buy one from us, yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll come up with something. <laughs> if only we were unethical. Sure, we'll come up with something real quick for you. Um, we'll, we'll make a little Potemkin village for you. Um, you might as well buy a pot of Goodwill and a double helping of profitability, or at least go find a, a vendor that will say, by the way, we're selling goodwill here. What, and a there's bag some profitability <laughs> on the side, a little bit of EBIT on the side, that'd be good. If you're short EBIT, you know, hey, we got some extra EBIT here. It's no problem at all. Look, the evidence is overwhelming. Corporate systems don't work. Corporate programs don't work. Don't work. Don't feel the need to get involved if you can avoid it. Seek your own mentor or your own mentee. If you want to say that you're involved in the corporate program, fine, in order to stay below the political radar, whatever, that's fine. But um, be getting matched up with somebody out of the blue, unlikely in most cases to work well. And that leads us to our second introductory point, which is it's all about people. Yeah. And that's why number one is there, because it's number two, or vice versa. Look, as we said above, the power differential is so skewed in good mentoring relationships. It just, it, it's whacked out. Uh, you can't enforce a good mentoring situation, a good relationship. You can't make it happen. The good ones coalesce, they gel, they grow. Um, none of those things come about from force or from power or from fear of force or power. Um, they happen because of human relationships. The best person to predict or make happen a relationship with another person is one of the people in the relationship. It's like the relationship economics, right? You don't, three-party systems and economics don't work. Um, you know, healthcare doesn't work. The government getting involved generally in economic systems tends to mess things up. Um, the schools are a good example of a three-way economic relationship. It doesn't tend to work. Management consulting in many places doesn't work for that very same reason. That's why manager tools exist. So, look, you try to put two people together, you add a third party, probably not all that great an idea. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. But but why are we saying this, though? Yeah, I guess from an actional point of view, it's one thing to say, well, you know, okay, it's all about people. What does that actually mean? No matter what, if you're not feeling good about your mentor or about your mentee, stop. Stop the relationship. Don't do it for the company. It's quite rare to have a great outcome for an organization, in other words, the organization feeling like the mentoring relationship made a big difference, that relies on a mentoring relationship that the two parties involved in are unhappy about or they're not communicating well. I mean, right? That's just not going to, you're not going to have, if, if you're mentoring me, Mike, and I don't like you or we clash or we only meet once every six months and for 45 minutes and it's pretty desultory at best, or you're sort of diffident about it in some way, you know, what are the chances that we're going to have some big organizational breakthrough that's going to justify the ROI? Not like unless no, I'm doing no, the mentoring no, side, yeah, just so you're, so you're good. Just, you're so good. Okay, but we're we're gonna um, come back to that. So right. yeah. So and don't for, basically don't try to make a bad relationship work because you believe somehow you're you're rolling that stone up the side of the mountain, Sisyphus, and you're gonna be the one to get to the top. Don't try to make it work for the larger good. If it's bad on an individual level, it's probably bad for the organization in terms of waste of time and resources. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. That's it for this show. 
Next week, we'll cover the second part of this series. So until then, hope to see you on the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com. As well, if you're in the car and you're listening to this and you wish you had notes, please go check out our premium content on the website. For only $15 a month, you get show notes, PowerPoint presentations, etc. that will help you to use this material on a day-to-day basis. So with that, everyone, we'll see y'all again next week. So long.